At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Navigating Divorce by Journey Beyond Divorce on Divorce Source Radio. I'm Steve Peck, and today we're shifting our focus to your children and how to parent through divorce in a way that protects your children from the animosity between you and your spouse and honors their rights. And we're going to bring back an old friend of Divorce Source Radio on this show. Dr. Mark Banchik will be here, but for now, here's the host of the show. It's Karen McMahon. Hello, Karen. Hi, Steve. Mark is back. <laughs> we've got a we've got a great show today with Mark Manchek. Uh, it you know I just want to start by acknowledging how easy it is to get caught up in in the chaos of divorce and in your own hurt and anger and how difficult it can be when you're going through divorce to see your kids loving on, defending, supporting your soon-to-be ex. And today's show is about how absolutely vital it is to keep your children out of the middle of your divorce, enabling them to feel safe amidst your divorce battle. And while we'll be speaking about children that live with you and primarily younger children, many of the same rules exist for your adult children. No matter the age, your divorce has a huge impact on your kids and you can minimize any damage, especially those younger children, by abiding by some simple, although not always easy, rules that we're going to be covering today. And I'm really excited about our guest, Mark Banchik. He is a child psychiatrist with training in Georgetown University and New York Presbyterian Hospitals. And Mark's been seen on the CBS Early Show and been quoted uh, by the New York Times, CNN, Huffington Post, and USA Today. And Mark's going to talk to us a little bit uh, later about this new launch that he has, which is the Intelligent Divorce Parenting Course. And he also offers a free divorce booklet that we'll be sharing with you to help parents deal effectively with divorce, even when there's a difficult ex-spouse. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Karen. Mark, before we actually dive into the great material that you have to share with us, can you just tell us a little bit about how you came to... Uh, focus in the specialty of children and divorce. Yeah, yeah. And before I do that, I want to say it's so nice to see Steve again. Really, I you're a great buddy and a good friend. Thank and you. Uh, what a pleasure to be on the radio with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to hear. Really, 
really, really a pleasure. And Karen, um, we've gotten to know each other a little bit, and um, I, I just see good things. And, you know, I see you as a, uh, a giant of sorts, a person that um, is kind of leading the way. You're gathering troops to help people have a great, greater overview of divorce. I'm going to talk about children today, but I just want to talk briefly about coaching. I, I do believe that coaching, and I'm a psychiatrist, I'm an MD, but I think so. I think coaching has a very important ancillary role in uh, divorce because there are so many uh, competing pressures on parents, and it includes what how the kids are going to do. Um, it includes dealing with the legal issues. It includes um, dealing with your ex, who can sometimes be very difficult. Uh, it includes finances. It includes dealing with your friends or in-laws who don't want to talk to you anymore or do, and they're manipulative. <laughs> it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. But but having a coach who sees the whole picture, who can say, you know, I think you're traumatized. Go to a trauma therapist. I think that, you know, you need a good lawyer. Go to this person. No, I think mediation is better. You know? And having that kind of ally, is like, it's like you're in a war and you're sitting on the hill and you're a general looking at the troops. And you have an advisor who really has been there before, and it can make you a lot less anxious. So I really, I I just applaud your work, Karen. I applaud your work. Mark, thanks so much. And so um, about me, uh, how I got involved, um, I'm a child psychiatrist. I mean, I I love kids. Um, I've raised my own with my wife, and I've, um, I've, I've probably helped thousands of children um, find their way you know, working with other parents um, as an adjunct to them. And um, I just know kids cold. Even when I see adults, I see the child inside them. <laughs> <I do>. mm. <laughs> to me, everybody in some ways is a child in an adult body. Um, and and so um, I was invited to be an expert witness in court for a number of years. And I did expert witness testimony, uh, which is a tough testimony. It's a evaluation of children and a family and trying to decide who should have custody. And after doing this, and because my nature is even tempered and the judges appreciated, you know, my contributions, I just got annoyed. I just felt, (laughs) I just looked at the system and I said, why is a stranger, i.e. Dr. Banchik, making a decision about what's good for a child? And why is a judge in a position to have to decide what a mom and dad should be doing with their kids? This is just this is just not right. And so I thought about divorce as a natural process. In other words, that marriage is entitled to not work. Um, sometimes you feel unloved or unsafe or unsatisfied, and it's got to change. And it is reasonable to change. It's okay to change. But can it change in a way that's intelligent? <laughs> can it change in a way that's not catastrophic? You know, if Humpty Dumpty falls, can Humpty Dumpty fall and break into two pieces and not into 30,000 pieces? And so I applied myself. I'm a, I'm a teacher by nature. And I looked at divorce and I said, can we do this intelligently? And so I started teaching the intelligent divorce, which kind of moved forward to me writing for psychology today. I now have 35,000 people reading me every week. But but. I really believe that if we get to parents early on, we can help them not make the mistakes that they potentially can make. Can I give you an example? Yeah, please do. Here's an example, a simple example. I'm going to pick on a woman for now 
So I could easily pick on a guy. So let's let's be fair. This, I'm it's equal opportunity picking. And and when I speak about parents, I'm I I don't don't want to present parents as the problem. Divorce itself creates what we call regression. It creates a pressure. You know, will I ever be loved again? Um, what's going to happen to the money? Um, can I trust him? Or I can't trust him? Or what is my lawyer good enough? It's a million questions. And so you you drop down in a level of functioning to not be your real self. And so sometimes you want to be a good parent, but you can't be because you're so preoccupied with your own pain. And so here's the story. Um, some woman is on the phone with her girlfriend and, you know, she's very angry with her ex, very angry with her ex, who is not giving her the money that she deserves. Okay. And legit, she should be talking to her friend about this. Okay. She's in the kitchen. Here's the scene. Sam, her nine-year-old son walks into the kitchen he opens the refrigerator to get some milk and maybe make himself some chocolate milk or something, right? And she's on the phone with her friend. And in that moment, she says, and Sam's father doesn't even love him. Now, I ask you, Karen, does she remember that the next day? Probably not, but the boy does. And I'll ask, I'll ask you and Steve, does this boy remember it the next day? Yeah. Yeah, even as you said it, I could imagine how it fell on, on his heart. Right. And so the mistakes we make are so profound. It was nothing for her to say something negative about Sam's dad in front of Sam. It was everything to Sam. And these are preventable mistakes because, you know, 10 years later, Sam could say to his mom, why did you do that when I was nine years old? Why did you do that? And so I've designed this course to teach people, to teach people how to handle themselves so they don't have Sam's in the future getting upset with them. And that's, and that's what my divorce work is all about. By the way, Karen, why do you think this woman, and let's consider that her a nice person, why would she say something bad about Sam's father in front of Sam? You know, I was just going to say, I think that the when we're hurt and angry and in chaos, one's level of conscious action can be really low. And I think you use different words, but I think that a big part of what we do in our coaching is help to raise people's consciousness that what they're doing, they're doing intentionally and they're aware of their actions. And in that scenario, you could imagine mom being so caught up in her own anger that she's just oblivious to what's going on and, and, and who's around her. Now I would, I would go one step further and your audience is already thinking about this. It's not that just that she's oblivious. She wants to, Sam to join her in her outrage. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, we talked about that before, and I, 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 I tend to agree with that. You can see that, right, Karen? Yeah, I think that there's definitely, um, even for anyone who wouldn't admit it, that I want them, you know, I want them to side with me or, or you know, love me more or what have you. Sure. Love me more, exactly. And so that's the mistake they make. Now, now, 
let's say he comes back and she's conscious. Okay, you've done your work. You know, Karen has done her work and she's conscious. The boy walks in the room and she knows that she wants to say something negative about the father. But instead, she says, you know, the weather's very nice today. And she chooses to protect her son. Exactly. Now, what just happened in that set setting? She took into consideration what was going around her. And it's it's that level of awareness that oh, this man. isn't the time or place. And this is the goodness that can come from divorce. You know, you know, I read your website and about how, you know, your how you felt there was a personal transformation in your own life through divorce. I think people can transform themselves into a higher level and actually be great parents during divorce. But it takes intelligence. It takes consciousness because when Sam walks in that door. And she wants to say something bad about his father, and she chooses not to. She's protecting his innocence. And I'd like to talk about this briefly, and then we can talk about the Bill of Rights. So I'm a child psychiatrist, and, you know, if anything, I'm a social warrior for children. You know, they didn't ask for the divorce. Um, the parents did. By and large, children don't ask for divorce. And, and yet they have to deal with the consequences of divorce. Now... When you bring children into this world, guys, when you bring children into this world, you owe them their innocence. It's the most precious thing that we can give children. You know, the world is difficult enough. We should protect them through until they go off and leave the house that they should have a sense of innocence. And we can break that innocence so easily when, when we're upset and that happens in divorce. And so my Bill of Rights for Children, I wrote a Bill of Rights for Children that's meant to protect their innocence. And I believe that if we protect the innocence of children through divorce in a conscious way, that by and large, the kids will come out just fine and, and maybe even stronger because of the divorce. I think that makes so much sense. And and your Bill of Rights is really, it, it just hits to the heart of all of the things that we have an opportunity to either do right or do wrong. And what I wanna say is before we dive in, if you're one of those people who are in a high conflict divorce and you don't think that your soon to be ex would abide by this list, one parent uh, choosing this path is is still really incredibly valuable and important. Mm, can I can I really mirror that? And I think that's true because kids cling to the healthy parent at some level. They cling to health. And if you can be the mature person and handle yourself well, you're gonna your kids are gonna feel reassured. And I agree. So I have ten Bill of Rights, ten 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 rights that the kids have. And the first one is don't ask me to choose sides. Well, what's that about, Karen? And how often does a parent put a child in a position where they where they have to choose and it on so many different levels that could happen. And this is confusing for kids because we want to protect their innocence. We want to protect their innocence. And we don't want them to have to decide whether they're with mommy or with daddy. And it takes discipline not to put them in that position. Um, and if they're to grow up feeling like they have to choose, we're stealing their childhood from them. We're forcing them into the role of what we call parentified parents. We are asking them, a parentified child, we're asking them to 
essentially think like an adult. No, no, no. They are children and they don't have to choose sides. And, you know, I want to ask you about something. I have a couple of clients that I'm I'm dealing with right now, a pretty high conflict. And yes. one of the things that's really interesting is they'll say, you know, well, my, my kid didn't say anything about you know, X, Y, Z about the divorce. And, and I was informed going through my own divorce and felt really strongly that my kids needed a third party because if they come, if they had an issue with dad, they couldn't complain to me because they would be being disloyal and uncomfortable and vice versa. And so if there's what we did was there were school social workers, we got therapists for them and we had people for them to talk to. Yeah. Well, you know, I call this reinforcements. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're in a war, like you need reinforcements sometimes, right? So it's not just the two of you. It's like, it's a community. You know, there's, there are therapists, there are coaches, there are aunts and there are uncles. There are lots of people in the world for children. Um, um, but, you know, it's really, it's valuable for kids to see a therapist or excuse me, somebody who is professional so that they can complain about what's going on. Also, Kids, children are allowed to be manipulative, Karen. They're allowed to want, you know, <laughs> still children, right. you, know? you know. So it's like, you know, if parents are getting a divorce and like, you know, you, you, you saw the, you go up to mom and say, look, you know, dad's really a, you know, a creep, blah, 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 blah. Why don't you get me an Xbox? You know, that, you know, that's not so good, you know. Right. So, you know and that, that happens too. And we have to love them and let them be manipulative. They'll be children, but, they're, they're, but their innocence has to be maintained. And we can't get sucked in, and having that separate person that they can talk to is can be um, uh, grounding for them. And it's actually a mature thing for parents to give that as a, as a gift to their children. And we'll be back with more Journey Beyond Divorce after this. We're there right when you need us the most. And we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things. One, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. And I would say even, uh, and again, just my own experience, was that my children were at a very young age, really able to articulate their feelings because they had this opportunity. I mean, the 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 group at school was called the feelings teacher, right? So they had this opportunity to like right. be around the feelings teacher and learn how to articulate what they were frustrated about, what they wanted, what yes. they needed. And I thought that was just one of the many little gifts that came out of such a difficult time. Yes, you know, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't think that kids from divorced homes have to be damaged. I mean, I think that life is filled with adaptation. You know, it's 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 not what happens to you that counts. It's what you do with what happens to you that counts. And, 
you know, everyone's going to deal with disappointment and hurts and not doing well enough on an SAT or not doing as good in college or getting into a graduate school, but not the one you want or having a, a lover leave you or having somebody not like you that you like. There's some, a thousand million things that we have to deal with that are filled with disappointment. And so if a child learns early on that they have what it takes to manage um, change, we're giving them a gift. And sometimes divorce can actually make children stronger if we give them what they really need. And you're singing my tune now, and and it's not Thank advocating you. divorce, but geez, if you if you do it right, that at a really young age, they can go from thinking their world is falling apart to seeing that they were able to work through it and grow, and and so much good can come of it if you're healthy in the way that you deal with them. So let's let's go to uh, number two of your bill of rights. Spare me the details of your legal proceedings. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? So the guy comes home and he's so pissed off, right? He's so angry, right? Because, you know, the judge decided that, you know, it ruled against him. And his, uh, you know, his 14-year-old daughter is there and he says, uh, you know, look what your mom did to me. Look what your mom did to me in court today. And this is a uh, a breaking of the innocence of the child, and this is the breaking of what we call the intergenerational boundary, um, and it's something that I believe in very strongly, which is that there is a boundary between the adult generation and the child generation, and we have a responsibility to maintain that boundary. And does a 14-year-old girl need to know about what's going on in court, Karen? Yeah, absolutely not. Or or issues around child support. I mean, there's so many details that you could want to spill in front of your kids or to your kids. That's just so damaging. They're just that that's they should not have to and are not capable of shouldering it. Right. And that goes into number three, which is and by the way, I write this in the first person. I want you to imagine a child saying this to you, you know, don't confide in me or lean on me. It's too much. What's that about, Karen? Yeah, I had one client where um, her her ex was so upset and the children were young and he would like he would put his head in her daughter's six year old daughter's lap and cry about how mommy's breaking our heart and destroying the family. And, mm. you know, just so oblivious to the the weight and the damage and the hurt that that. Right. Could do. So let's let's unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about him. Let's be kind to him for a moment. What's he going through that he's imposing this on his child? Well, you said the word regression earlier, and I thought yes. that was so interesting because that, that fear and anxiety and not knowing what to do, I've seen that so much. Yes, it's a, a sense of, of foreboding that I can't handle what's going on. Oh, my God. And, and I can't deal with this. And who's the audience when you come home? Who's there when you come home? Who's and there? And who loves me, right? And who loves it's me? Like, yeah. So it's like your your six year old child's the one who's there. Your nine year old kids, though. Your fourteen year old, your eighteen year old daughter is the one who's there. That's who's yeah. there. And you have to. And this is this is why the intelligent divorce. It's about intel. It's not about feeling divorce. It's not about spiritual divorce. It's about using your head. Okay. Yep. You come home, and you're feeling lousy, and you want you you want to put your head in the lap of your six year old. Because it's like delicious. It's a delicious. You know, you love this child, but you won't because you don't want to spoil his innocence 
or break the intergenerational boundary. You come home, you remember what Dr. Banchik said and what Karen said, and you say, you know what, I'm going to call my best friend. Exactly. You know, we're going to talk about this. It'll be fine. But, you know, I want to ask you something because I think that the 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 other extreme of it is to not show any of your feelings as you're going through it. And so can you speak to that balance between being real, that it's a difficult time for everybody and, and showing emotion without confiding and leaning on? Well, I think one is where you're the you're the rock that they're leaning on, where you're saying, look, I know it's hard. And if you have some thoughts or feelings, you know, I'm happy to be here. And if it's, and, and you recognize that if it's too much, that you'll get a therapist for the child, but it comes from a place of center, not a place of uncenter. Very and, big difference. And I guess I want to ask you about, so what if a, a child comes in and they see, you know, mom crying it's like she's she's clearly upset what what do you advise in a situation like i i i think it you know i think there's two levels to this in the in the moment you know if it's happening occasionally it's you know mommy's upset about the divorce it's going to be fine you know grown-ups get upset they cry just like kids do we pull ourselves together and you know this is just part of life it's an educational moment if it's something you're doing on a regular basis, then I think that's more pathological and you probably have a depression or you're losing your boundaries with your child and you really need to get therapy for yourself so you find another source to take, you know, take to get solace in. Excellent. I appreciate that. I think that's great. Number four. Give me privacy on the phone with my other parent. Mm. <laughs> now, that's huge. Now, once again, I'm, when I laugh, you have to understand, I like to laugh. It's not at anybody's expense. It's just divorces, there's, there's things that are, that are very predictable about divorce. That's why so many mistakes people make are preventable. So many mistakes are preventable. So the kid's on the cell phone talking to his father. The mother wants to hear what's going on, okay? And it's not okay because the kid deserves their privacy, right? Kid deserves their privacy. And then the next one right after is don't cross-examine me afterwards. What's that about, Karen? Yeah, what did he say? What did she say? What is she doing? You know, all of this. And gosh, what a horrible place <laughs> to horrible put the place. child in. Okay, so let, once again, let's be normative about this for a moment. Because when I talk to divorcing parents, I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to feel that they're being bad. I want them to feel like, I want them to have an aha moment, like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. Let's stop. Like, let's be really dispassionate about this. People do this stuff. You know, you get divorced. You're interested in what your ex is doing. You Maybe you want them to do much worse than you. <laughs> you just want to know that they're miserable. Or, or maybe they have a girlfriend and you can't stand it, but you can't not. It's like a moth to a flame, right? What's a moth to a flame? Why do moths go to flames, Karen? It's like, you know, they're attracted to the bad thing. So it's like, Absolutely. you know, you don't want to know that you're your your ex has a girlfriend yet you really need to know and it's not healthy right and so you're asking you want to find out from your kid this is not okay but you can't help it so you're doing this kind of behavior and you hear dr banchik talking about it, and karen talking about it, you go hey i'm not gonna i gotta i gotta talk to a therapist this I, this is too much and it's not good for me and, and actually i hadn't the uh, the uh, an 
the other side of that experience where um, a, a dad was divorcing a mom who had some some personality issues and the daughter was being made to spy on dad. So so mom was wrong. Mom definitely had some some um, mm-hmm. emotional yes. issues. Dad got really mad at the daughter and we were trying I was trying to coach him around understanding what a precarious position she was put in that that getting angry at her was actually adding more this is pain so, to this it. is so wise now you know i wrote a piece recently for psychology today called divorce island because you know in a way people uh, when they get divorced they have this they, they just act differently yes. you know probably this man when he wasn't going through a divorce would easily see that he's not gonna he should be angry with his ex and not angry with his daughter but he's so regressed why did you betray me like, well you know this 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 woman is bordering on parental alienation syndrome. You know, she's she's manipulating the kid to give her information about the father. Um, she's breaking the intergenerational boundary. She's destroying the child's innocence. She's manipulative. Um, and and then and, rather than dad consoling because of his own pain, he. Correct turned around and and like blamed the child so she's right. like getting a double whammy right so I, I, yeah, sometimes that's right right and that is that's that's called displacement uh and if you take my course and you know you'll hear more about the course the intelligent divorce.com people can find out more about it but you'll discover that when you're upset about things you you, you oftentimes you oftentimes attack what's right in front of you it's called kicking the dog you know if you're mm. upset with your boss you know you come home and you hit your dog because the dog's right in front of you. You know, it's like you're you're really angry with your ex. You're really angry with this one. <laughs> She's so dangerously intrusive. I mean, this is a sick person. I mean, psychologically sick person. It's almost it's you know, it borders on abuse and criminality. I mean, this is not wholesome, right? And so so you're angry because you feel so betrayed, you feel so you feel so humiliated and exposed. And, and you want to kick what's right in front of you, which is the kid, and you have to have the discipline to be able to say, oh, I took the intelligent divorce course, or I heard, listened to Karen, or whatever I did. I'm going to leave this child alone, and I'm going to deal, the, the, I'm going to deal with this you know, separately with the authorities, because this is a form of abuse, and it cannot continue. Excellent. Um, so let's go to the next one. Number six. Oh. <laughs> it's a good one. I am not your messenger. Tell your father. Tell your mother. <laughs> and it's it's easy to it's easy to fall into again, like being really empathetic toward the moms and dads. It's easy to fall into that. And yet, <laughs> now I, I I hope it's okay if I left. This is just it's so predictable and it's so wrong. You know, your, your kid, the kid's on the phone with the with the mother, right? And you say to the kid will you just tell your mother i'm not going to be able to pick you up next week at xx seems so innocent it seems so innocent and that kid's in, stuck in the middle and being dragged into an adult role instead of the parents taking charge and making sure that she feels safe let's move on to the next one don't ever ask me to lie to one of my parents that's huge yes so, you know, if you don't want to lie, you don't want to ask them not to lie, why don't you just work on your behavior? And I'll tell you the, the, the one that's the easiest, the easiest one. When you get divorced, 
oftentimes you want to be loved or liked or or have a wonderful sexual experience with somebody. Totally understandable. Completely understandable. You don't have to bring that person into your child's life for a long time until that's really a settled good relationship. They deserve their innocence. So the most common thing that happens is that you have a girlfriend, you bring her home, the kid gets exposed to it, and you say, shh, mom doesn't need to know about this. Now, I'll ask you, Karen, what's wrong with that? Oh, gosh, I just had this session like last week with someone. And, <laughs> okay. and again, his this is a different fellow with a very difficult ex. And and so he's excited about the relationship. It's been going on for a while. I'm happy for him. And yet, so the kids find out daddy's going out with so-and-so and they tell mom, but mom goes crazy about it. So then his thought was, well, I want them to know, but to tell them not to tell mom. And this was the conversation we had. Like, what are you doing? We're only as sick as our secrets. You can't start asking your children to lie. You can't. And, and you know, when it comes, look, there are people who are in bad marriages. They've been sexually deprived for some time. Or they just, they there's a sexual smorgasbord for some people. They just want to go out and, like, really, like, like, Hit the town. They really want. Yep. It feels great. It feels great. Women and men, both. They, it feels great. You know, you have your private time when the child is with your ex. That's when you do it. You know, you don't bring them over. You don't take risks. You know, when you're going to talk to them, you have plenty of time at work or time with the kids at school. You do everything you can to protect your kids' innocence. There's no reason why they have to be involved. And when the if the relationship has progressed to a place where it's really solid and we're talking about six months or a year later and things are really good and some, then maybe you can talk about how you can introduce them to that person to your child. But that takes discipline and, and, and that takes forethought and that takes good parenting. And I want to ask you something because this particular situation, they're actually going on a year. It's because the ex-wife is so unhealthy in her reactions what would you advise? Uh, I'm so curious what you would advise a, a patient of yours uh, in a situation like that. Well, I think that there's a true character pathology going on where somebody after a year can't let go in such a way that's destructive um, because there's a grieving process that's normal in divorce. But you also have to be able to move from grief to acceptance. But if it becomes pathological grief then that could be destructive to everybody. So in that situation, having the children have a therapist is going to be very useful. Um, I do think that if you've been with somebody for a year and it's been done discreetly and you really care about that person and that person has integrity and is a good soul, um, it's okay to introduce them to the children. Um, It's your life. But that's at a point where it's a year out, the relationship is solid, you're not doing it impulsively. You do it very carefully. I think that's per- I think that's normal. It shows your children that you're moving forward with life, that life continues, that you're wanted by other people. And if the ex is having trouble, I think your child should be in therapy and I think can complain to the therapist. It really becomes a form of pathology and a form of abuse um, if the if the ex can't tolerate a uh, a, a healthy relationship of uh, that you have 
a year out from a divorce. I, I, don't you agree? Right. And I think those are the hard decisions to make because you, your children are struggling with whatever parent has that pathology. And so you also, one of the things I always warn my clients is you may have um, twisted yourself into a pretzel during the marriage to keep the peace. Now you're divorced. You don't you don't want to continue that unhealthy behavior. And so it's that balance between being honest, inviting this person in, and helping your children continually um, navigate the the other parents' reactions. Right, but you know, it's also, you twisted, you had a whole subculture, a whole anthropology in your marriage that wasn't healthy. To undo that is, you know, is something you also undo slowly. You know, you do it intelligently. You know, if you have an aircraft carrier in a small harbor, you turn around slowly. (laughs) Yes. Because you don't want to break things, you know. And the same thing in your family. You know, you are going to change. You have... You have a determination to live a new transformed life and you're going to do it in a slow, careful way that's going to be good for your kids. And that would be my advice. That's great advice. Number eight. Listen to me when I have something to say. What do you mean by that? Parents, when they regress, so the the regression that I speak about is profound in divorce. When I talk about Divorce Island, I mean that it's like a place where the rules are different. Like people don't behave like they normally behave. Like when you hear a mother, a, a, when you hear somebody say, my husband, my, my ex is not the person I married or my ex, this, this person, this person I'm divorcing from is not the person I know. It's actually true. It's actually true. It's the person you were married to has changed from the pressure of divorce all the pressures, financial pressures, you know, emotional pressures have brought them to a lower level of functioning. And so because of that, they're oftentimes unable to really listen to what the children have to say. Let me give you an example that's a simple example. You know, I'm a psychiatrist. If I stub my toe um, just before a patient walks through the door, how how can, how well can I listen to the patient, Karen? Okay, I'm I'm following you. You're rather distracted by the throbbing toe. My my toe is throbbing. I, I'm in such pain. I can't pay attention. So the same thing happens in divorce. You know, you're you know you're so angry. You feel so betrayed. You're worried about whether the lawyer's working out or she or it's too expensive. And there's so much that's not working out. And your kid needs you, and you don't see it. So listen to my kid. Listen to me when I have something to say. So, so, yeah, I was just going to say one of the big things that we talk to clients about, uh, and it's step eight in our divorce recovery series, is uh, staying present, keeping your head where your feet are, like being in the day and in the moment, so that you can do exactly what you're talking about. Right. And so the intelligent divorce is to take that sense of presence. And understand beforehand the kind of the terrain, like the mistakes that are natural for you to make. Like, like be so preoccupied with your anger that she actually has somebody who loves her now. And you gave her 20 years of your life and she's actually in love with somebody. And you're so angry and so betrayed to understand that 
that's the psychological equivalent to stubbing your toe. And then your 12-year-old is asking you about going on a play date. And you've got to just like settle down and center and say, yeah, let's talk about that play date, of course. And that's what it's all about. Excellent point. Number nine. No guilt trips, no matter what. Could you elaborate on that? I think that the you parents are so good at saying, I'm suffering, I'm going through a hard time. Why can't you just behave yourself? Why can't you just get yourself together? Don't you know what I'm going through? Don't you know what she did to us? Don't you know what he did to us? This is about, once again, the regression where parents are not really being parents, but they're trying to control through guilt. And and if you're a conscious parent, and we all do this, even people who are intact families and have yep. good marriages do this. This is like, you know, tip, this is typical for parents. But what it does, particularly in a divorce, is it kills the kid in some psychological way because at a deep level, kids oftentimes believe that divorce is their fault. And this just adds to them feeling responsible. And I, and so I so at a deep unconscious level, because kids have what we call magical thinking, a conversation for a different time that has to do with the way the mind works as a child. Kids oftentimes feel at some deep level that the fact that they came on board, the fact that they were, uh, you know, irritated or difficult or whatever they were or just present, that this may have caused the divorce itself. And so to use guilt, which is a normal thing that parents do, is destructive and it's so easy not to do. It's just like, once again, breathe deep, remember what you're trying to do. If you're irritated that your kid has not cleaned the dishes, you know, have a 16 year old and she's responsible to clean the dishes after she cooks some eggs or something, right? And you don't want spoiled eggs sitting in your sink, right? You know, you can correct her without saying, you know what I'm going through, why, 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 why are you leaving things such a mess? Right. You can correct her and say, listen, we have responsibility here. I expect you to be able to clean the dishes. You know, if you can't do it regularly, there will be consequences. I'm a parent. I have to do this. I'm sorry. Yeah, because otherwise you're putting, again, that um, your emotional burden on them. So that makes so much sense. But also, you know, there are basic parenting techniques. You know, I mean, if your kid, if you're sick, I'm picking on a 16-year-old girl here. Yeah. But, you know, it's a 16-year-old boy. Look, a little pick on the boy. You know, he made some eggs, right? You know, if it sits in the sink for too long, it, 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 it's not a good thing, right? You know, married or divorced, there's something to say to that child. Right, right, right. And you don't have to say, like, like I'm going through such a hard time. Why? I mean, you can simply say, you know, this, we, you know, this is your chore. This is your responsibility. You made the eggs. And if you can't do this, then, you know, I, as a parent, there's going to be consequences. And you follow through on the consequences. It's just normal parenting. There's nothing particularly angry or negative about it. It's just natural consequences instead of using guilt, which is actually a much more manipulative thing. And I think, you know, we're both in agreement that that's not what you want to do. And finally, the last yes. one, don't spoil me even if you feel guilty. Ah, oh, now this is oftentimes the non-custodial parents. And since you do so much of this work, what do, do you have experience with the non-custodial parents spoiling kids? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> one client had had a term that she shared with me. He's showing up as like Daddy Disney, you know. It's like you there know, you, you, you get all the video games, you get the you, all the fun and games, and you just you're spoiling the child 
uh, and it's 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 make believe. Right, and, and and parents can do this. It's like a it's a cheap way to try to get the kids' attention and affection. It's also a way to assuage your guilt. You know, you're away with your girlfriend, you feel bad, so you buy the kid a lot of stuff. You know, and the kid at some deep level knows that they're being treated like an object. They know at a deep level because. What, what do we want? We want love. We want to be loved for who we are. We want to be seen for who we are. We want to be loved for who we are, even when we're jerks. We want to be seen and loved. And and if we can get away with, 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 with manipulating our parents and pushing to get stuff, all it does is it, it teaches us that, you know, that, 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 uh, that there's nothing that, 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 w- that there's an emptiness that can only get filled with stuff and that my relationship with my father actually my mother is all about things and that's not a good way to set up a life and it's not a good way to set up a life going forward when you have relationships when you get to become an adult either yeah i think that that what you're saying is so vital because and oftentimes i'll deal with uh really differing uh, financial realities between mom and dad and whoever has the less money, you know, we, we talk a lot about that. It's like the most important thing is your love. And at the end of the day, yeah, the shiny car might seem good for a little while, but if you're the one who's showing up, you're present, you're responding, you're listening, you're engaging, you're supporting, you're encouraging, that is priceless. I'll tell you, Karen, I mean, I loved loved your website about your own personal transformation that you talked about, about divorce being an opportunity for people actually to grow to become better people. You want to be a good parent, show your kid by example that you're dealing with the adversity of divorce to become a better person, to become a more intact person, to have a person more integrity, a person that takes, who's not blaming all the time, and a person who who finds happiness because, you know, happiness so often is between our ears. So often, it's simply between our ears. It's our perspective. And if you teach a child that you could be happy and that you could be functioning and that you're moving forward, it's like that's a gift forever. It's a very valuable gift. And and that's really our greatest message uh, with the clients that we work with is, you know, divorce sucks. It's painful. Sometimes it lasts a really long time. It also can be an incredible incredible opportunity for personal growth and to emerge so much healthier and more aware than you were beforehand. And that's a gift for you, for your children, and for everyone else in your life. Well, I hope you found this useful. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope to get to know you, you and your work more. And I'm so happy that Steve brought me on with you. This has just been wonderful. Um, you know what I would love before we wrap up? Can you just um, talk for a few minutes about the online uh, intelligent divorce course that you created and how people could can um, find it and find you? Yes. So so um, it's very reasonably priced. Um, it is a I hired actors and animators um, to show you. I mean, you've heard many, many examples of problems that people have. I just gave to you to, during the show. And I actually have actors playing these roles um, in order to show people the mistakes they're going to make before they make them. And uh, it's a nine-part module series. 
um, everything from what your kids need developmentally, what what a three-year-old needs, what a five-year-old needs, what a nine-year-old needs, what a ten-year-old, what a fifteen-year-old needs. It's it's about you know developmental issues. It's about how you deal with divorce. It's how do you fight if you're in a fight, you know, a fight with somebody, like not physical but a verbal fight with how to handle it. It's about triggers, how to deal with a trigger, how to manage a trigger, and it's also about how to deal with a very difficult ex. I mean, I cover the ground. Uh, to give people an idea of what the intelligent divorce is. And I believe this is something that everybody going through divorce should take. Uh, it's an inexpensive way to really um, uh, bone up early on on what you're dealing with. And I think it can save enormous amounts of money and save enormous amounts of pain for your children. Now, if you want to find out more about it, now that you get to know who I am, um, it's on theintelligentdivorce.com, theintelligentdivorce.com. Uh, I give away a free uh, book, a booklet, um, and this is free of charge to everybody, anybody that wants to read, including it includes the Bill of Rights of Children. I mean, you read the book. Did you like it, the book? I was just going to say the the mini book is it's brilliant. It's actually Thank chock you. full of so much information, really good examples. It's And if that's just a taste of what the yes. nine modules are, I just think that, that the program you put together sounds invaluable for parents going through divorce. Look, look, you know, Ken, what it comes down to is that I'm really, I'm really a social warrior and advocate for kids. I believe that parents should, should spend the money and the effort, and it's not a lot of money, to learn early on how to protect the kids in divorce, how to deal effectively with their ex, how to deal effectively with, it, with a difficult ex. And I think if they do that, um, the research shows that the likelihood of the kids coming out okay is, is very high. And the likelihood of the kids thriving is even higher. So um, please I, do and take I just, a look. Yeah, and I want to say something because, you know, we all have to hire, or the vast majority have to hire an attorney to go through divorce. And the cost of the intelligent divorce series that you could learn from is such a drop in the bucket. It's like, you know, a portion of one visit to your attorney. And yes. so it's it's so it's so valuable and so worthwhile and um, and really give you perspectives that are really hard for you to see by yourself right now. So I really encourage you to, to check that out. And where do they go to find that? Um, Theintelligentdivorce.com. Theintelligentdivorce.com. I've so seen it, the course, Karen. It's awesome. Yeah, it does. It sounds just fantastic. Making me very happy. I hope do I hope people out there do take it. I really am a social warrior. I believe that we can change things. I believe that the, the images that I had working as an expert witness where where people were basically, you know, fighting over children in front of judges with strangers making decisions does not have to be. And I think that and I'm not speaking directly to the audience, I think that your children can come out of divorce just fine. You can come out of divorce just fine, even if you have a difficult ex. But you have to do it intelligently. And that's why it's the intelligent divorce. Thank you, Mark. It's been great having you today. Thank you. Oh, I told you he'd be a great guest. Never at a <laughs> loss for words, that Dr. Banchik. Hey, Karen, um, why don't we let our audience know a little bit more about what you do at Journey Beyond Divorce? So we really support you wherever you are in the before, during, or after stages of divorce. And with 
things like our divorce recovery series, which is a 12 step series that you can listen to, or if you are to invest in um, Mark's intelligent divorce, a lot of times it requires, I think you said general uh, earlier, it requires someone who has that, that panoramic perspective to be a sounding board and to support you and to help you make the best possible choices. And so if you're interested, if you're struggling and you're looking for some one-on-one support, uh, Journey Beyond Divorce has a team of coaches. We have a sliding scale fee and you can reach out. You can go to journeybeyonddivorce.com and request a lifeline session and you can go to divorcerecoverylifeline.com and get our 12-step flash guide, which is also free. Wow. It's great to have both of you together. I just want to say our next show is also going to focus on children. So stay tuned. Uh, children and Divorce with Larry Sarev- I wonder if I can say this right. Sarevsky. And he is a child advocate, an attorney, and a filmmaker who's produced a powerful film on the impact of children during divorce. So you don't want to miss that one. We'll look forward to it. As always, thank you, Karen, for bringing this series to our listeners. And thanks again, Dr. Banchik, for being on Karen's show. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking being and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.